here, there, and everywhere. This is the Hockey Flow, and I'm pleased to share with Adam Bushi and Mark and Amico, both of which you can find on Twitter. Adam, you found it really Adam B, and Mark can be found at MN D'Amico, that's M-N-D-A-M-I-C-O, on Twitter. I'm Major Cordero. Let's get into today's show, where we're going to be talking about all kinds of good things, but we'll have to start with the, uh, the sucky part, which was a 6-3 loss to Ottawa. Adam, take us away. What do people need to know? Oh, it's uh, so for our weekly recap, it's a, it's a bunch of L's and one weird W against New Jersey. Uh, yeah, basically just a con- like just games after games of, of, of losing uh, this past week. But we had that not much to say against Ottawa, but against New Jersey, that crazy game where we basically scored every two shots or almost it felt like. So, yeah, just uh, lost to Ottawa, lost to Toronto, lost to Winnipeg. And then that, that win against New Jersey, it's 7-4 win. Uh against our former goaltender uh, the hamburger so that was that was pretty funny to see but yeah uh, just another week of, of losing for the Habs yeah uh, uh, well the Ottawa game was was a hard-fought game I think 6-3 is not exactly how the game looked when you were watching it I think that it kind of quickly got away from them in the third period but it was a hard-fought game and obviously the the Senators came back strong in, in the second and the third and uh, took it away from the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, you know, for those that want the Canadians to, to finish last or, or close to, uh, that was a huge win for them, even though it was, a, it was a loss for the Canadians because the Ottawa Senators followed them very tightly uh, in the standings. So that created a little bit of separation there. Um, but then obviously New Jersey is, is also closer to them in standings and Montreal blew them out of the water 7-4. Um, unfortunately for the New Jersey Devils, they can't seem to buy a save. Um, here's hoping, uh, that if that process continues, uh, it can continue against, you know, the Arizona Coyotes and the Seattle Kraken, both of whom they play, uh, this week. In fact, they play the the Arizona Coyotes tonight, uh, as we speak. So some big lottery games, as we like to call them, uh, on the, on the forefront. And then obviously, uh, we can talk about uh, the Winnipeg Jets games last night. Um, I must tell you that it was very quiet in the press room uh, at the end of the first period because not much happened. Uh, and it was a rather uneventful game. And that's exactly how the Winnipeg Jets like to play hockey is uneventful on the road. And, and they played to their game and their veterans uh, held down the fort. And, you know, uh, it was the second game in a row that a Baron scored at the Bell Center, except this time it wasn't Justin Barron, who is now out for the season. It's Morgan Barron, his brother, who was also traded at trade deadline uh, from the New York Rangers to the Winnipeg Jets. So that is your weekly recap for the Montreal Canadiens and what they've done. And like yesterday night's game was, it was, it's it's kind of sad because it was actually a good game for, for Montembeau in net, right? Like, and that ep- empty netter at the end just, just, basically wrong timing for calling in the goaltender and which resulted in that 4-2 loss but it he played well and and it was a it was a pretty close game in the end so maybe not what the 4-2 says yeah yeah and again it's it's that game should have been 8-2 if it wasn't for Samuel Montembeau I mean some of the saves that were being made just did not make a lick of sense and and you know, he had his name chanted, you know, a few times at the Bell Center the other night, uh, last night, and it was frankly well-deserved. 
Turning your attention to now some of the roster moves that have been taking place, including Caden Primo being recalled to the Habs lineup. Obviously, the Allen injuries and also Barron going down with an ankle injury for the rest of the season. Plenty more there. So, Mark, I'll throw it over to you. What do people need to know? Well, Jake Allen is out for the season and Justin Barron is out for the season. So, I mean, already right there and then, um, you know, Caden Primo had to be recalled because Carey Price is not yet ready uh, to play. doesn't feel up to it as of this time. Um, you know, I think this is more continued injury, uh, bad luck for the Canadians. I think that this has been one heck of a season in terms of, uh, games lost to injury. Um, I think it has to be up there in terms of the most we've seen in the history of the league. And I mean, they're just continuing what it is. And when you play 16 games in 30 days, like the Canadians just did, I mean, it has a way of catching up to you and, you know, we're seeing, you know, those major injuries, but then there's also, you know, Nick Suzuki has missed every single practice for the last week for treatment days. Paul Byron is going for therapy days. Uh, Josh Anderson didn't finish practice today. Um, There are a lot of players that are banged up right now, and it's the rigors of the 82-game schedule. So, uh, you know, Caden Primo, I was a little sad for him because he's been on a roll with the Laval Rocket, not, you know, the... It doesn't matter who's in nets lately for the Laval Rocket. I mean, last night they had a they had a goaltender on a on a PTO playing for them because Kevin Poulain was out with a virus. So like, they could still win regardless of who was in nets. But I just felt bad for the player that is Caden Primo because he was on a roll before he got called up, and then once again uh, is is called up to 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 help the Canadians. I will say this for Caden Primo: the worst thing ever to happen to Caden Primo is the existence of Carey Price. Because every single time Carey Price has gone down with injury, and that's happened a lot over the last two years, Caden Primo is the one whose development has suffered, who is not getting games in because he was either put on a taxi squad while Charlie Lindgren was called up or called up and not playing and just played stayed on the bench the whole game. And when he did play, he was basically left to the Wolves. It's unfortunate. It is nothing against Carey Price personally. But the way that the, the the Canadians' structure currently is doesn't allow for a taxi squad, so you have to call up your number one. And the Canadians traded Michael McNiven, traded Andrew Hammond, um, and so the moment that Jake Allen goes under, it creates a significant problem in terms of bringing in a player that desperately needs to see some rubber, uh, you know, much more than he has over the last year and a half. Oh, and he, uh, seeing what he did this season, he probably needs another season, like a full season in the AHL, just not dominating, but playing well and playing games. Uh, now, staying on the price subject, could we potentially see him Friday or Saturday this week? Like, because at this point, if we don't see him this weekend, we're like, we're never going to see him. Like, that's just my feeling. There's a Jesus price joke to make there about him coming back to life for Easter. I mean, it, ha- it has to be said. It literally has to be said. Uh, the Canadians fan base has been calling him Jesus Price for the last 15 years. You might as well make it happen for Easter. I mean, come on. It would be poetic. I feel like there would be a lot of ink spilled for that kind of a situation. Uh, and you could already see the headline, The Resurrection of Carey Price. I mean, it, it, I, think, I think I would be shocked if Carey Price did not play against the Washington Capitals. Let's see him Friday. We're bo- we'll both be there, so let's see him Friday. I mean, 
you could see him Friday, and, I, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you know Carey Price, the competitor, if he really wants to test himself to see how he's doing, he's going to want to play. It's Saturday night him. Price. He wants to see, exactly. Saturday night at the Bell Center against Ovechkin. I think that is is where you probably might see a return for Carey Price. I have no information on which to go on, and you cannot quote me on this. And if you do, I will refuse entirely. But I have a strong idea that it will be this weekend, and it will be Saturday. Let's turn our attention now for other news around the league, including Matthews scoring 50 and 50, a first since Lemire in 95-96. This is quite the achievement. Let's turn it over to you, Adam. Sing the accolades. Yes, I know it's the Leafs, but sing the accolades. Sing the accolades. It's been two weeks now we've been talking about Matthews just, just destroying everyone in the scoring race. And yeah. He scored 50 and 50. Marco alluded to it last week. Now it happened, and he's—I believe—he's up to 58 goals now. So, uh, f- unless something terrible happens, he's probably knock on wood. He's probably going to score 60 plus. So, one of the all-time best season in terms of goal scoring, and and by far the best goal scorer this this year in the league. Yeah, and I mean he's now at 51 in his last 50. Um, so I mean it's. It's pretty ridiculous, and and again, kudos to him. It's a it's a feat. I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the actual fifty and fifty is the first fifty games of the season. Yeah, because that expression came out when there were fifty games to the season. We are in twenty twenty two. There are eighty two games. It's time to adapt. Regardless of when you score fifty and fifty, the fact that you scored fifty and fifty is goddamn impressive, and no form of semantics is going to reduce that. I'm sorry. What Austin Matthews is doing right now comes along possibly once every generation, uh, you know, or every decade. It's only happened three times. This kind of scoring pace has only happened three times in the lockout era. So take that. Remember that. Consider that since the, in the 21st century. So the last 22 years, it's happened three times. And we already consider Alexander Ovechkin to be a generational talent. We already consider Steven Stamkos to have had seasons that have gone beyond the elite. Uh, well, Austin Matthews is having one right now. Uh, and if he continues this pace, will be one of the most prolific goal scorers in the history of the NHL. So there, there's nothing. I don't care if there's a, a fan bias in you. I don't care if you don't like the way he, he executes in the playoffs. The achievement in and of itself is historic and deserves respect. Let's talk about also giving respect to another elite, elite player, and that is Sidney Crosby, who became the seventh fastest player in NHL history to record 1,400 career points. Uh, he did this over 1,100 games played. I, I think we we just, we're not surprised by these kinds of achievements anymore, but nonetheless, these are major achievements. So Adams, like, what do we need to say here? He's one of the best to ever play hockey, to ever play in the NHL. Like, he, I just remember since I, I'm, I'm, I was this little kid starting hockey. Like he's just the, he's like our idol, right? For this generation and and probably next generation and and until he stops playing, like he's just getting all kinds of records and he's a. Uh, I feel like he's just this Wayne's Wayne Gretzky's generation. This this Wayne this generation's Wayne Gretzky, and yeah, he's just getting all kinds of records. A thousand four hundred points is just crazy, and he's done it all. He's won it all. So, kudos to him. Yeah, I see him more as this generation's Mario Lemieux, if you honestly ask me, because he's been completely derailed by injuries. Uh, you have way more. If it wasn't for lockouts, 
injuries. Uh, you know, it, there are, are a lot of seasons where he could have played 82 games and was limited to like 36, 22, uh, 55, uh, 41. You know, that already right off the bat, I just named you, I just added potentially 120 games to his 1,100 games that he's played so far. Uh, and at the rate of his scoring, especially in his prime, those those games that I called, because those he still pulled up 37 points in 22 games or 56 points in 36 games. Had he played full 82-game seasons then, we'd be talking not about 1,400 points, but of 1,600 points, uh, which is similar to how Mario Lemieux had a lot of his uh, career derailed by injury. And if he would have played as many games as as Wayne Gretzky, he probably would have passed him in points or been right up with him. Um, so I think that that's the that's my biggest takeaway from Sidney Crosby is exceptional, even in spite of, of the injury trouble that he had at the midpoint of his career. And what's possibly even scarier is he's better now than he has been over the last four years. And he's at the tender age of 34. Um, you know, as it stands right now, he's set to, you know, arrive to about 100 points if, if things continue. I think maybe 90. Um, so you know, it's it's still pretty impressive in terms of pacing. And the way that I see it, I mean, Sidney Crosby not only deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, he deserves his own wing at this point. Let's turn our attention to some of the prospect signings that have been happening with Ken Johnson headed over to the Blue Jackets, own power with Buffalo, and Matt Veneers with the Seattle Kraken. So Michigan to Seattle. Marco, you're the expert on this. Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, Matt Veneers, it's the second season in the NCAA. In fact, all three of them, it's the second season in the NCAA. And in fact... There was a fourth Michigan Wolverine that signed today uh, in Brendan Brisson with the Vegas Golden Knights, signing a professional tryout with the Henderson Silver Knights of the AHL. So that's now four players lost, uh, four former first-round picks lost uh, to the Michigan Wolverines. But, you know, have no fear. Frank Nazar III is coming next year, ladies and gentlemen, and he will rock your socks off. Um, now, in terms of Matt Beniers, I mean... A lot of people discovered him at the World Juniors, not this Christmas, but last. Uh, he plays a very responsible game, very quick, uh, strong on possession, uh, and he's a centerman. Um, the Seattle Kraken, um, they desperately need centermen. I think this is the biggest thing to take away from any expansion, that you're the Golden Knights, no matter how good they were, that you're the Golden Knights, that you're the Seattle Kraken, that you're the you're Minnesota Wild. The one thing that's difficult to get out of an expansion draft is a top six center. This is why they're drafted via an actual draft. And Matt Beniers is going to be a top six center for uh, the Seattle Kraken for years to come. Um, as for Owen Power, I mean, Owen Power should have probably... Owen Power was good enough to play in the NHL this year. How about we put it that way? But for the first time in maybe a decade, uh, the Buffalo Sabres did right by one of their prospects and actually took their damn time with him and sent him down... Uh, or, or allowed him to return to the NCAA and finish out his season, his second season. Uh, they played an extremely strong game. They were one of the best teams in the NCAA. They were unfortunately upset uh, by the Denver uh, Pine, uh, no, the Denver Minutemen, I believe, uh, of the NCAA, who eventually won uh, the national championships. But Owen Power uh, could have easily played in the NHL this year, and I think he's going to be a huge reason why the Buffalo Sabres are not a basement dweller next season. And then lastly, Ken Johnson is just an electrifying player, uh, you know, very quick, very speedy, plays a very similar game to Patrick Kane. Uh, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be as good, but a very similar game. Uh, still needs to work on, on getting stronger, getting faster, 
but definitely this is one this is the player that they're going to build around offensively in Columbus um and I honestly believe that uh, they're they're well on their way it's going to be interesting to see if he plays at center or if he's moved to the wing but given the need for center in Columbus, I think he may start there. And just to just to take it back to Owen Power, he's played he's he was close to a point per game in the NCAA. He played two games at the World Juniors before it was shut down. He then played at the Olympics. Then the Olympics and then he's going to play he's making his NHL debut tonight. Like that's four leagues. Talk about experience and just like development on his uh, on his end right so i'm re- I'm, I'm really excited i'm probably going to watch a buffalo game tonight because i'm excited to see his nhl debut but what a player and yeah i can't wait to see him in the nhl and what he can do with that with that buffalo blue line right i'd be very interested to see how he's utilized if they're gonna because right now they're they have two first overall pick left shot defensemen on their team in rasmus dalin and owen power It's going to be interesting to see if they might try to shift one of them to the right side and have them play together eventually. Uh, it could be interesting. Or you just go with the one-two punch, and Buffalo's main thing this summer is to find a right-shot defenseman that can play on the top pair uh, so that Owen Power's minutes next year are a little bit sheltered. Um, I heard the Montreal Canadiens are looking to move a veteran right-shot defenseman, uh, you know, if ever they're interested. Let's end off the show. But before we do that, just going to give you a heads up of what Habs games are coming your way. First of all, tomorrow night, Wednesday at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Friday, uh, Good Friday, will be hopefully for the Habs against the New York Islanders. And then Saturday, again, back again at the Bell Center versus the Washington Capitals. Any final thoughts before we tag up for the show? Yeah, again, don't quote me on Carey Price playing on Saturday, but here's my hope. That, that, that to me, is my gut feeling, my knock-on-wood moment. Um... Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll see the resurrection of Price on Saturday. And with that, let's close out the hockey flow again. I'm pleased to share with Marco D'Amico and Adam Boucher, who you can both find on Twitter. Marco can be found at MN D'Amico, that's M-N-D-A-M-I-C-O on Twitter. And of course, Adam can be found at Really Adam B. I'm Adrian Cordero. We'll catch you all next week. Cheers. Cheers.